Street veteran Bernard Madoff has been arrested and charged with running a $50 billion Ponzi scheme. Congress wants to know what caused the Enron meltdown. Now, well, the collective rage currently is focused on Wilcom. Tyco CEO Dennis Kozlowski was convicted of looting hundreds of millions of dollars. This is one of the biggest fraud cases ever. Their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Find out more on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. By the time you are listening to this episode, it will be a few days after the one-year anniversary of Hurricane Ida, the fifth costliest tropical cyclone in the record books, causing an estimated $75.25 billion in damages and 107 fatalities. With winds of 150 miles per hour, Ida was the second worst hurricane to make landfall in Louisiana and caused the uprooting of many people's lives and the cancellation of more than a few football games. God damn it. For some reason, football games are brought up more than a few times in the Storm's Wikipedia page, so people really cared about that for some reason. Uh, Ida was an unfortunate bit of deja vu for Louisiana, who had dealt with the worst American hurricane, Hurricane Katrina, less than two decades before. But this came with the benefit of more preparation. There were approved evacuation plans for many people that would not be able to leave under their own will for the sick and infirm among Louisiana's population. People like those residing at one of seven nursing homes owned by wealthy businessman Bob Dean, whose evacuation plan failures would cause days of hell for 800 patients who trusted him to have an effective plan. Join us as we discuss Bob Dean and his crimes that caused the torment of many and the death of at least 12 in a warehouse in Louisiana. I told you today was going to be rough, didn't I? <laughs> Before we started. Is Bob related to Jimmy? I don't know. I don't know. Why don't we, why don't we call him and ask if he's we got can the call sausage, and ask huh? Because uh, if, even if they were stuck in a warehouse, maybe they had breakfast sandwiches. Made there's, things a little bit better. There's nothing I love better than sitting in a... <sighs> Fetid pool of my own filth, enjoying a lovely <laughs> microwavable, a lovely Jimmy Dean sandwich, croissant and sausage sandwich. Yeah, man, it's great. I'm, sh- I'm sure they had a lot of fun. And speaking of fun, today's episode's not a lot of fun. But what is a lot of fun? Suggestions, uh, because today, <laughs> today's today's very very sad uh, but very important story episode uh, was a suggestion to us uh, from Katie, who reached out to us over on our YouTube channel and our comments, and reached out to us with some suggestions, and we decided to uh, uh, choose this one for today, and it is an insane story. Huh. Buckle up. Yeah, and also. Not a happy one. (laughs) I walked in and he was like, be ready to cry. It was the first thing I said to her. So if you also are uh, emotionally inclined at home, uh, you you might also want to break out the the Kleenex today because it's it's rough. I like emotionally inclined. I thought you were going to call me emotionally weak. No, you're very emotionally strong is that you feel them like a lot. I really do feel my emotions a lot. And we are not alike in that, so... I wish I was more like you, dead inside. <laughs> Thank you. You 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 do enough. You can you can get there. I believe in you. Thank you. Thank you're, you. You're already a comedian. You're on your way to a, uh, experiencing enough rejection and failure that eventually oh, I've, you I've, will hate yeah, yourself. Yeah, I'm also an actor, so there's a lot of rejection. <sighs> Dual threat. And I went to church. 
Ooh, triple self. threat. There yeah. we go. Yep. Triple threat of self-loathing. Love yes, that. Yes, absolutely. That, uh, for you specifically. Um, Are we going to introduce ourselves? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome back, everybody, to White Collars, Red Hands. It's Kashan hanging out with Nina. Uh, we're back. We I know we, we just got done with our two-parter on Jordan Belfer, uh, which released while I was out in the lovely city of Boston. Yes. Uh, it is an old... Old town, but it was it was lovely. So if we have any listeners in Boston, thanks for hosting me for a week. Um, your Boston cream donuts Ooh. at Bova's Bova D's nuts. Um, I'm joking. Is it Bo- Bova's is a very nice old Italian bakery. That but that very sounds nice- good. A Boston cream pie donut. Oh, dude, they're great. It's like literally like a donut cut in half with chocolate on top. And you know how they're just like filled when you get them out here. They have like. Real Italian sweet cream, like in the middle of the the halved donut. It was amazing. It was so good. Oh, I want one. It was so good. Well, go to Bovis. They're great. I will next time I'm in Boston. But instead of Boston, let's uh, <laughs> let's segue and shift our eyes uh, down south to Louisiana. Louisiana. I, just, I don't know why I developed an accent there for a second. Louisiana. Louisiana. Uh, so uh, the story today. Uh, it takes place almost a year ago to the day uh, as Hurricane Ida touched down on August 29th, 2021. A lot has happened because I forgot all about her. Well, yeah, well, we had this thing called a pandemic that was still going on. So I think everyone's lives were just like everything was awful. That's right? true. You know, there was like, I don't know if this was before, like maybe right before the invasion of a sovereign country that also happened. So I don't know. It could be anything. Um, but yeah, August 29th, 2021. And because of this, uh, there isn't a lot of backstory, at least that I could find on Bob Dean before the incident. There, I, I couldn't find like anything talking about his childhood or even a lot of his business done before this incident. Uh, but we do know that he was wealthy. He actually states later that he had hundreds of millions at his disposal in a threatening text message and also owned at least one plantation in Louisiana with a huge house on it uh, that went up on the market in 2019 for $10.5 million. And that's only one of his uh, one of his properties that he owns. He, he was in real estate, so he owned a lot of different property. Why did he own a plantation? He just bought... And sold a lot of property. I think he owned it like as a house. Like I he, would not live on a plantation. Are you kidding me? People love living on all. Those, I mean, they're racist, but I mean, people love living on those plantation homes. Hell, nah. The ghosts. Oh well, if you believe in ghosts, then yeah, for sure. Um, but he did. He owned one. And he was trying to sell it as of 2019, which is uh, two years before this incident. Uh, we also know that he was a big real estate mogul, having owned many historic hotels and buildings throughout downtown Baton Rouge and elsewhere. He he owned most of his buildings in Baton Rouge, and that's where his offices were as well. Uh, on top of owning copious amounts of real estate, uh, for some reason. Bob Dean decided to get into the nursing home business, eventually owning and operating seven nursing home facilities in Louisiana, as well as a handful of others outside of the state. I just feel like that is one of the worst things you could possibly own. I mean, like, I know it probably does. I mean, it's expensive to stay in a nursing home and it would generate a lot of revenue, but that would not be the business I would go into. I think that you can own the business if you have a good moral reason to own it. Like if you're buying nursing homes because you legitimately want to help people, 
like you have a family member that was in a nursing home, whatever you saw how awful they could be and you wanted to change it. Like, yes, buy nursing homes, be the change that you see in the world. Uh, but if you are just going in it to generate profit, ooh, that one's not, that one's not a good look. For oh you. no, not at all. Yeah, that's bad. So, and he definitely was in it for the latter as we're gonna find out. Um, in addition though, uh, he, had a lot of money that he was fond of donating to politicians through his 25 different companies. And he did this in order to get around the maximum amount allowed for private donations. Um, among those who received money were the governor of Louisiana, John Bell Edwards, who received $42,500. So this is the money that he has disposable to just give to politicians. And U.S. Senator John Kennedy, John Kennedy, of that Kennedy family, uh, who he donated $25,000 to. Although, of course, both men declined to be affiliated with Dean today. Oh, of course they do. They just took his money. They're not affiliated with him. Um, I don't know him. I just took his money. <laughs> so, with seven nursing homes, you are bound to have at least a few patients. And Bob Dean had a total of 850 in the state of Louisiana to watch out for. So in the days leading up to Hurricane Ida, the state was getting ready for nursing homes like Bob Dean's to evacuate if necessary. The facilities did have an evacuation plan that was originally approved by the state, a warehouse in Independence, Louisiana. Also, uh, I, I can't say the word very well. It's like Tangapaho. Tangapaho. Is that where it's located? It, I got this one. Everything says Tangapaho, and the, or I, I'm not, I might not even be saying that correctly because I didn't write it down in here. Um, but the one that I found said it was in Independence, Louisiana. I don't know if it's like a, you know, one of them is bigger than the other, like mm -hmm. one's a neighborhood. I don't know. Uh, but it's there. We don't mention it again. Uh, it's in Louisiana, though. Uh, and it just so happened that the warehouse was also owned by Bob which his own nursing homes paid $20,000 a month to maintain. A move which has been speculated as a way for Bob Dean to pay himself from his own businesses. So it's a way, you can only take so much of the money out of the business to pay yourself as an owner, especially okay. nursing homes and stuff. So if you As you own, should, there should be a restriction on that. Yeah, and if you own a real estate company, though you can just like bill the real estate company for these services. And then that's just another way to pay yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's not illegal, although there are caps set on how much you can pay for these services. But it feels like it should be illegal. Yeah, that feels really sketchy. It feels like a conflict of interest. Uh, but, I mean, whatever. It's not the worst. As you'll find out, it's not the worst thing he does. Great. Um, the only problem was that the evacuation plan that they had put in place was only approved for about 200 to maybe 300 patients. Great, and he's got 850? 850. We love that. The winds began to blow, and all of those patients were moved into this warehouse. And then all hell broke loose. Could you imagine how bad it smelled? Oh, we're going to get into it. Uh... Some of the details of what happened in the few days during and after the storm are a bit harrowing, as we've been alluding to. So take that as a warning for anyone listening now. And with that out of the way, let's get into it. So firstly, the state believed that everyone in the facility would be getting a full hospital bed, as they probably should at a nursing home facility, even an evacuation one. But 
With so many patients and staff being moved in all at once, the only thing available were mattresses literally just on the ground. And oh, I'm, reminds me of... Um, Fire Festival? That oh. and Mother Teresa's Home for the Poor. Yeah, like Home for the Dying or whatever. That's what it's it was, yeah. Home for the Dying. Uh, yeah, and these weren't just like... These weren't hospital mattresses. These were air mattresses. They were what? Air, yes, they were air mattresses literally just on the ground. But, okay, so they had not real mattresses. They had air mattresses. They were air mattresses. For these old people yep. who can't fucking move. Yep. And as you hit on it, these these people obviously have limited mobility, and it's hard to get... It's hard to get in and out of a bed, like a normal hospital bed alone, let alone one that is literally maybe now six inches off of a hard concrete floor, by the if way. If you're lucky that it didn't deflate. Oh, they did. That was also part of the problem. How do you keep 850 air mattresses inflated? They haven't been like, no one went around and laid on them to like stretch them out or whatever and then reinflated them before all these people got here. I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, yeah, because the first time you lay on it, like, it stretches, so it, it'll deflate a little bit, so it won't stay inflated until, like, the third or fourth time you filled it up. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, there's your, there's your <laughs> little tip of the day, y'all. There we y'all go. at home <laughs> who thought you bought a defective air mattress, just fill it up another couple times. Um, and speaking of large concrete floors, though, uh, Bob Dean hates when people call this facility a warehouse, but if you look at the pictures of the building online... That's exactly what it is. It is a 40,000 square foot concrete warehouse that was now just filled with air mattresses. And and he called that a an uh, like an acceptable nursing home evacuation facility where they you can take care of people. Well, when you don't give a shit about people it is. Well, that's fair. Uh and on top of that, the place was completely unsanitary. And- How could it not be? And probably unfit to house even the 200 medical patients it was supposed to. And especially not this many. Uh, the location didn't even have permanent bathrooms. That's what I was just going to ask. It had no permanent bathrooms built in it. Instead, it was filled with porta-potties. And not not even enough. Like, there was maybe, in the picture I saw, which I think was the only porta-potties in there, I think there was maybe 12. Maybe, For 850 patients. Yeah, maybe 12. That's not even including your staff. No. So it's like twelve to fifteen, maybe. I, I didn't count them, but it was around that. Um, and there these was, poor old people. It was it was rough. Later, when state police came in, they said like one of the quotes from the people that walked in is that he was like, "When you walked in, you immediately knew this was going to be tragic." That's what that was a direct quote from someone who first walked in there. Oh my god! Because the, these porta potties also they don't even have they didn't even have a physical separation from the rest of like the warehouse. It was a curtain. They had a curtain drawn in between the porta potties and the rest. And also, it was said, and this wasn't confirmed, but it was there was some anecdotal evidence that it was right next to where they were eating. Not shocking. And after the first day. The smell of human waste became so strong around the porta potties that staff and patients were physically like heaving when they had to go anywhere near them. I believe that. And that's only around there. And this is around the time too um, the generators gave out. So there was no AC in Louisiana. In Louisiana, on the, at the end of August. In August, during a tropical storm with porta potties and 
hundreds of patients who might not have even been able to make it to a porta potty or even been able to use a porta potty because you got to remember a lot of, they're old a lot of old people need help transferring in between like a wheelchair and a toilet and if you don't have correct like spaces set up where that's able to be done safely then sometimes they that they have to use the like, commodes and stuff and they obviously didn't have any of those set up here so they were just going in their diaper if they yeah. had a diaper yeah so, this is stressful uh yeah it's uh, a really rough time uh, along with there not being enough toilets though there also weren't enough showers there were only 12 12 showers in the entire facility for what is almost a thousand people at this point with the workers yeah that's a shower for every a hundred people oh my god it's that's it's, so gross yes and by the way bob dean always called this like a concrete like fortress basically to be evacuated to but the building itself wasn't even as equipped to handle the storm as bob dean would have people to believe as at one point pretty early on uh there was a leak in the roof flooding a whole area of the warehouse uh, this was on the first night. This was on the night of the storm. So there was a leak. A whole area flooded, causing patients literally to be floating on their air mattresses through the water, like the beginning of Alice in Wonderland when she's like, flo- everyone's floating in the water. That's, okay, I'm assuming that's so what it was not like. funny, but like, <laughs> it's like a little funny. <laughs> it's not funny. Yeah. If, if people didn't die, this would be hilarious. It'd be a little bit funny. Like that part's funny. It's like, it's like, the rest of it's terrible. It's but like everybody just like floating on these. It's like come on, man. It's a little bit like being in a pool. That's how I've always felt about these storms, though, because they're like, oh man, the devastation is awful, and people lose their lives and their livelihoods, and it's terrible. But some of those pictures, are like people just like rowing a boat like down streets, I'm like, it's kind of fun, right? A little bit funny. It's just like being in a river, but you can see like the top of houses if they're they're still there. But these people, all these people that were now, they turned their beds into canoes. Um, They now had to be moved, though. And it was 100 people that were affected by by the the flooding area. So now it's only... Y'all better get cozy. Be like the grandparents in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I was like, yeah, you're all... Four to a bed, old Four people. to a bed. I've seen it happen. Um, but the crane space got even more claustrophobic and dangerous as a result. Um, after the first day, like I said, the generator of the warehouse gave out, meaning that the patients and staff not only had to sit in the damp and dirty space, but now it was also dark on top oh, of it. Oh, I didn't think about that. And there was no way that medical equipment could function. Fuck! And even if the equipment was able to function, it was still unlikely that anyone who needed help was going to receive it. There weren't enough staff members to care for everyone's needs in this facility, especially with how unequipped they were to begin with. Many people who would cry out for help or needed their bedding or pants or diapers to be changed went hours without being heated. In videos taken from inside the warehouse, you can periodically hear people crying out it was actually extremely, it was terrible to see the videos from inside. I'm not watching those. And people like calling for medications and because they couldn't like, how are you supposed to get these people on like a medication schedule when they're literally all just on like deflated beds in flooded parts of a warehouse? 
Yeah, like fuck that. How are you gonna remember who's who and who's where? And and now there's not even the, there's no power on top of it. Also, I failed to mention at the beginning. Um, none of the patients' families were told where they were being taken. No one was notified about where they were going, about what was happening. And when some of them did call to check in, they were given like the runaround instead of a clear answer. They weren't even told where they were. That's horrible. Yeah. And families weren't the only ones being misled, though. Uh, Bob Dean, in text messages to his staff, told them not to call 911 or get anyone transferred from the facility unless there was an imminent life-threatening emergency. I don't know. The whole thing sounds like a life-threatening emergency to me. And it was because he did this against the protestations of his staff who said multiple times to him that they did not have what they needed to take care of these people. And they were direct about it. They would say things like, the conditions here are not good with the water from last night. Um, This is not sustainable. We need to get out of here. And he just totally shut them down. Uh, In response to being told that the conditions were not sustainable, Dean responded with, and this is a direct quote. Also, forgive me, he's really bad at texting because he's 64. Um, But this is what he sent back. Under normal circumstances, you have at least four to five deaths a day. And then all in caps, day. Do you realize it takes 125 admits a month to keep you guys going? This is in response to like, so he called. And heard that a couple people had coded. So so they went into, you know, uh, heart failure. And they that's basically, they're dying. And a couple people coded and a couple people died. And that was his response. Is, this is normal. Well, the people here are old. Four to five people die a day. And we need to keep 125 admits coming in every month to just keep this going. That was his response. And like, don't call anyone. What a fucking dick. And this obvi- this alludes to the idea uh, that all of this was done because Bob Dean was worried he would lose patients to another nursing home. If yeah, they got maybe. And thereby cutting off his stream of revenue. Maybe if you took care of him correctly in the first place, you wouldn't have to worry about it. Exactly. Um, and these conditions obviously prompted multiple 911 calls from both patients and staff alike. And eventually, after a couple of days, the Louisiana Health, uh, the Louisiana Department of Health sent someone out to check on the situation. But the employees at the behest of Dean turned them away without letting them onto the premises. He basically was like, do not let them onto the, like, do not let them onto the property. And so they got turned away the first day. By the way, this, him turning them away is just, to me at least, another acknowledgement that he knew he'd get in trouble if they saw the state of the place. Oh, yeah. He, he had been getting reports from his staff about what it was like there. He was technically, he uh, he was, he's stationed in Georgia, so he's not going to be in Louisiana during a hurricane. He's safe and sound in Georgia texting his his deputies on staff about what's going on and asking them questions. And they're responding with, this is awful. We can't be here. We need to leave. And he just shut them down. And then finally, after 911 gets called enough, people come out. And then he tells them, don't let them in. Don't let them see what's going on here. Tell them to leave. Tell them to get off. Like, he was also very, I guess, like, they put him on the phone with them, and he was super, like, profane, like, calling them a bunch of names, just cursing at them, like, being just an overall dickhead in general. And technically, I don't think that they, like, could force their way onto the premises. But Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they technically don't have, like, authority to just storm into a place. But huh, they, I didn't realize that they did return the next day with the state police 
And after touring the warehouse, uh, they made the merciful decision uh, to move all of the patients finally to other nursing homes or hospital facilities, finally ending the abuse. It was like three days, but it was an awful three days. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And after everything, though, multiple residents had to be hospitalized as a result of their brief stay in the warehouse. And up to 12 lost their lives either in the facility or afterwards due to conditions. That's not shocking at all. If you uh, just think about the waste of the porta potties and being in a confined space with all that waste. Well, for one example, a 54-year-old woman who fell out of her bed with no rails uh, suffered a severe chin bruise that led to blood clots. Oh, and, my God. And she died less than a month later. So the people that actually died at the facility were four. So four people died in three days actually at the facility. But then eight would die as a result of their stay in the facility in the coming like months. Shit. Um, and someone who didn't die but still pretty awful, uh, a diabetic patient uh, who they didn't have a bed for sat in her wheelchair the entirety of the ordeal. Uh, she also was not given uh, her medication at all during the whole days, uh, the, the combination of which caused her to develop gangrene and lose the bottom portion of both of her legs. They had to be amputated. What the fuck? As a result from three days. And... Just to, to add insult to injury, uh, Bob Dean found a way to sneak financial crime into this as well. Of course he did. When he instructed his staff to bill Medicaid for an excess of $29,000 for services, quote unquote, rendered at the facility during these three days. Services that were way above the level of care that was actually being provided. Yeah. So he basically, he, he billed them for all the care he was giving his patients, billed Medicaid, almost $30,000 for three days when they weren't doing any of it. Right. They, there was no care. So there's Medicaid fraud as well. So firstly, the Louisiana Department of Health immediately revoked his licenses to operate the seven nursing homes, good. which good on them. They did it immediately. They were like, no one is going back to one of your nursing homes, which by the way, uh, there is a, an, an online like service that rates these nursing homes uh, based on how many citations they receive and on uh, testimonies from people who were actually there. It's like rate my professor. Yeah, and six of the seven facilities got a one out of five. Ooh. Which is god-awful, and it shows it shows a pattern. Yeah, <laughs> that's not... That's not good. No, he's obviously... It, it has something... It has a little to do with Bob Dean. That's all I'm going to say, uh, at least. Um so they revoked his his uh, licenses to operate these, uh, making sure that none of the people ever ended back at a place that he ran, which Go is ahead. great. Uh, then, after months of investigation, Bob Dean was finally arrested in June of 2021 on eight counts of cruelty to the infirm, five counts of Medicare fraud or Medicaid fraud, and two counts of obstruction of justice. And you're probably asking, 
I don't super remember the obstruction of justice. Um, well, that's because they came afterwards, uh, because repeatedly Bob Dean sent threatening text messages to investigative members of the Louisiana Department of Health during their investigation, such as when someone texted him to arrange a meeting, and he said this in response. This is another direct quote. This guy is insane. It says, no, I did not. You better get off my fucking ass, you bitch. Do you not realize you're in a conspiracy theory with the federal government? Your ass is grass, motherfucker. And at at which Jesus Christ. At which point the investigator said, "Do, "Do you literally?" They were like, "Do you know who you just sent this to?" And he was like, "Yeah, fuck you." So and so that's the obstruction of justice. Yeah, I mean, obviously, someone who thinks they're more important than they are—that they think they can talk to people in this way—he also got arrested um, because he tried to um, like evade police officers when he was trying to get taken into um, court for contempt or to jail for contempt of court. He like closed the door on them, like as they were trying to grab him, and then so he also got arrested. Then um, what an idiot. Yeah. Your ass is grass, motherfucker. And by the way, that's only one of, like, a lot of very crazy and intimidating texts that Dean sent directly to Louisiana Department of Health officials. Like, he did it a lot. <laughs> and they were like, he he's really insane. Uh, he also has been doing some other crazy shit besides the first arrest that I just mentioned to you about, of like, evading police during getting taken to jail for contempt of court. Um he was also arrested before June. It was in like March, so a couple months before June, uh, in Georgia for pulling out a gun and just like waving it around, and then <laughs> accidentally shooting his own fucking thumb off. Good from good. <laughs> like he just pulled out a gun. Was why? Like, why was he doing that? I don't know. He's, uh, you'll actually find out in a reason, maybe a reason, but uh, still, he pulled it out, waving it around. Bam, bam. I'm not gripping anything with this hand no more. No more jacking off in this hand. Oh, man. I used to do it for. It's just, it's not as fun. <laughs> we don't need, we don't need a visual. Yeah. No, we don't. Bummer, dude. Anyone who watches these podcasts, there you go. You can, you can, you can have that. Uh, anyone who's not watching them, come on, bro. Spotify, <laughs> YouTube, watch them. Um, so, yeah, he shot his own thumb off, uh, which leads me into the ongoing trial proceedings because obviously this is a year ago so this all is still going on and happening and hasn't concluded yet um dean's defense is arguing is arguing that he suffers from dementia no he doesn't who was the other person who said this oh the um oh fuck what was his name girardi tom girardi yes yeah yeah how do i remember that that's the, i don't know that's the freaking sister wife oh no uh housewife yeah, dude, who cares? Uh, not not the sister wives. Those are totally different. Yeah, they probably have a podcast that can be made on them, but it's probably Oh, my not, God, for sure. Probably not this one. Um, yeah, so they're arguing that he suffers from dementia, which, honestly, he is doing some crazy shit. I don't know if he was always crazy or not, but it's, you know, it's this is pretty bad. Um, and is, therefore, not fit to stand trial. And, honestly, like I said, he does seem a bit unhinged. Uh, and maybe I don't know. Maybe they're, they're maybe they're telling the truth. Technically, they did get uh, two physicians to be like, "Yeah, he's got dementia," and the prosecution right now is in the process of trying to depose those physicians and ask them questions to make sure that you know they're not that they are like actual 
doctors. I don't know, but that's what they're doing at the moment. Um, but it would really suck to see no criminal penalties served in a case like this. Because it is just vile and disgusting what happened here. And to see no one criminally held accountable would be a big loss for me. Yeah, it'd be really disappointing. Yeah. That being said, there have been some civil victories uh, for the victims. Uh, In this case, uh, there was a class action lawsuit uh, that was just settled to the tune of $12 million, which equates to about $17,000 per victim. Uh, they're not all going to get 17000 They created a like questioning board that's going to choose how to divvy it up. So I'm sure that the people who suffered more injuries will get more money, more money, as it probably should be. Yeah. Um, but yes, there he did have to pay some out. And also as a result of this, he had his $10 million vintage car collection seized because he defaulted on a loan and now it's up for auction. So if you're looking to buy a vintage car in Georgia, there might be some going up on auction soon. So that's pretty dope. That's a little like, I guess that's some justice served. Yeah. I mean, of course money is not a fair compensation for loss of life. It it, or trauma. It never is. There's no monetary value you can put on those things, but I mean, at least it's it's a little bit of a win. Yeah. They got $12 million out of him, at least. And who knows? Maybe he'll still get convicted of some of these charges if he actually... If he stands trial, I think he's getting convicted. Like, oh, for yeah, sure. for sure. Um, but if this defense works and he gets out of it, then who knows? Um, he is also, by the way, still trying to desperately get his licenses back for his nursing no. home. No. Like, still. No. Given everything, he's fighting saying that he didn't do anything wrong. Absolutely, and he's still yeah. his licenses back. Um, so, good luck. Yeah, I, I don't... Yeah, no, he's not getting those back, no, I don't fucking th- dick. I don't think that's happening. But if anything else happens uh, in this case in the near future, we will update you mm-hmm. when it happens. Um, so, there it is. The story of a multimillionaire real estate mogul who used a business that is supposed to be aimed at helping those of us that need it most to profit at their detriment. A tale as old as time if you have listened to any of our previous episodes involving healthcare, of which there are an unfortunate amount of yeah. our episodes involve someone boning people over in a healthcare setting. Um, Bob Dean. Whether he is in the throes of dementia, a bastard, or both, really took criminal negligence to the next level in this case. It has been one of the hardest to research and put together because, honestly, and I'm going to get a little bit into myself, it kind of reminds me of my mom. Uh, She had a pretty bad stroke a couple years back. And she's also diabetic and relies on constant aid from other people. And the whole time I was looking into this case, I couldn't help but imagine her in this facility and how how upset I would have been and sad to find out that this had happened to her. And then I thought about the 850 families that that bad thought was a reality. So Bob Dean... Is the worst kind of person. Yeah, fuck that guy. So thank you for listening. Damn. Yeah. Fuck. I I don't know. I I 
Did I lie to you? <laughs> no. And like, I mean, I don't know if you've had any family members in a nursing home, but like I was fortunate enough to meet multiple of my great grandparents and they all ended up at nursing homes at some point. And I was thinking about them during this. And I was like, Jesus, like, you know, they, I know my grandmas wouldn't have survived that. Everyone's got someone that they know that's in this kind of situation. And to see so many people that need help the most totally neglected in this way and for money. Yeah, that's all it is. For money is just disgusting. We get like this is one, this is actually a really good example of when we talk about um, how financial crime actually hurts people sometimes. Everyone thinks of it as this like, you know, like hard to hard to grasp concept, but this is a very real example of how being greedy and making decisions pure like like the forces that lead people to make decisions purely in the pursuit of money, which is what our society has set up people to do, how it can really, really hurt people. And like the most innocent people. So Yeah. Anyway, thanks you. Thanks guys. Thank you for listening. Um if you like what we do here and like us bringing stories like this to light um, and giving them their day in the sun, then please consider uh, liking or rating or even just subscribing on whatever service you're using to listen this uh, listen to this episode or watch this episode if you're watching on Entertainment Buffet, uh, their YouTube channel hosts us, or on Spotify, which hosts our video podcast as well. Um, that would help. That'd be awesome. Um, if spending money is more your thing and that's how you want to help us, um, then you can buy our merch over at Tee Public. The link is in the show description or you can go to our uh, website, whitecollarsredhands.com, uh, hit the button that says check out our merch and then you can buy something there. The proceeds go to us. Um, you can also support us by contacting us, uh, whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com. Uh, you can suggest an episode for season nine. Woohoo! Which is coming up pretty soon. You can suggest an episode for season nine. You can be like Katie uh, today. Once again, thank you so much, Katie. Thank you, Katie. Uh, for suggesting this episode. Uh, like I said, it was rough, but I am better for having known it. So thank you. Yeah. Um, if you want to be like Katie and you want to suggest episode to us, episodes to us, send it to that email. Or you can uh, send it to one of our socials, facebook.com slash hands, Twitter at pod, Instagram at whitecollars underscore redhands. I think you can send DMs on TikTok as well. Yes, that, you can. If you're 17 and you in the middle of doing the renegade dance, you want to send us an, <laughs> a DM suggesting a topic for this show, that's White Collars Red Hands over on TikTok as well. Um, or just tell a friend. That's a good one. Yep. Just tell them. Uh, talk to them about today's episode. I mean, I go around and angrily tell people about everything we discuss. Uh, it's made me real fun at parties, especially that fucking Nestle episode. Oh, man. I, like, choose the water I drink now based on what is not owned by Nestle. Um, and I tell everyone, and they're not usually happy that I'm telling them, but they need to know. Yes, so, they do. So do the same thing to your friends or your enemies if you really want to annoy them either way. Um, and I think with that, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, once again, thanks for listening. We'll see you on another episode of White Collars. Red Red Hands. Hands.